Saints Row 2022 and Go Woke, Go Broke. So I want to talk about the new Saints Row game. I was sponsored by them. Obviously, I took the sponsorship long before the game actually came out and the negative views reviews came in. I took it primarily because I was already playing Saints Row and I was going to play it regardless of what anyone said about it. So it just seemed like a good move. So clearly Saints Row 2022 is not a great game. It could be charitably said to be all right. And that's being charitable. But I've read a lot of comments that were like, man, these fucking uh, Saints Row people are just woke. The reason why Saints Row is bad is because it's woke. I've gotten kind of sick of people doing this go woke, go broke thing. Because what they do is they look around the, the landscape of media and go, okay, okay, that's good. So that's not, that's not woke. Okay, it's not, it's not woke. Th- that's, that's bad. So this is woke. It, it, it's definitely got some woke aspects to it. And that's why it is bad. That over there, it, that's that's definitely work. Oh, and it, it, it made money? It's actually good? Oh, that's not work then. That's, that's, that's not work. It, it made money, so it can't possibly be work. That over there, did that lose money? Doesn't look work to me. Oh, it did lose money? Then that was 100% work. It is the weirdest selection bias I've ever seen. Like when they do it with Marvel movies, and they're like, man, go work, go broke, and they pick like the Marvel movies that make like $200 million profit, and they're like, well, they didn't make more profit than this other movie, so they clearly did bad. And they'll have like, Marvel movies that they call woke and then they come out and make like half a billion dollars. They're like, well, they weren't actually woke to begin with. If something is unsuccessful, it was woke and that's why. It's just a narrative that people are feeding. The reason why Saints Row 2022 isn't good has fucking nothing to do with wokeness. It was a game that was clearly rushed out that presented no forms of innovation. You can't tell me that the writing in that game was so bad that if the gameplay was good, you wouldn't have enjoyed it. There are people who spam through cutscenes and do not give two fucks. The idea that a game can be released that's everywhere, is buggy, is all hell. The writing is sloppy. The game not doesn't innovate at all. The graphics are like from 2013, where on on in every category, it either gets a fail grade or like a, a C at best. A game that is playable but that's about it. And you look at that and go, it's cause woke. Insane people, brain rot. But it's gotta, you gotta fit that narrative, man. Gotta fit that narrative. Cause obviously if the game is woke, that's why the gameplay is bad. All the glitches, man, they're caused by the wokeness. The second you have a female character in your game, it increases like the, the glitches in the game by like a thousand fold. They put a, it puts a hard cap on the graphics, my friend. There's a certain attraction chat that we're all attracted to. It's not like I'm criticizing other people for this. We all do this, where the world is very complex and we get ourselves a little narrative that's a blanket. And we go, oh, that's, that's uh, very, all these different bits of complexity. Oh shit, we take our blanket and we throw it over the top of it. And then we just look at the blanket. We ignore all the underpinnings, all the icky foundations, the complexity, you know, that we just go, our blanket narrative across the landscape, that's how the world is. And it's never that way. There is no way that Saints Row 2022 was made with the goal of pushing boundaries, creating something new, innovative. It was, here's this IP that we have the rights to. Let's see if we can get some money. It sucks, but that's business. I just want to say, if you did skip over my Saints Row 2022 video, you should watch it. It is pretty funny. The confusion around Twitch no longer enforcing exclusivity. I do not even know where to begin with this, chat. So recently... Twitch announced they were not going to be enforcing exclusivity on their platform any longer. This was great news 
but there was some debate over exactly what they were allowing people to do and what was changing. I have often said on stream that I wasn't convinced in my contracts there was something forcing me to stream just on Twitch. That it seemed as though the only thing it said is that I couldn't use the content that I put on Twitch somewhere else within 24 hours. So over the years, like I asked Twitch support, point to me where it says I can't stream on YouTube. And they couldn't do it. But my managers believed I was under exclusivity. When we talked about the possibility of potentially getting some sort of a contract to stream exclusively on YouTube, they would talk about the, the time when my contract would elapse. My partner manager on Twitch, who I trust and who's a nice guy, he seemed to believe I was under exclusivity to only stream on Twitch, but I could never find it in the contracts. And when this new announcement came out, I saw some people saying, oh, no one was ever really restricted to only stream on Twitch anyway. And so I was like, you know, that would explain why I could never find it in my contracts. However, I then found another video from a lawyer who said late 2018, which was after I asked Twitch support to point it to me in the contracts, Twitch subtly changed everyone's contracts when you like accepted some terms and conditions when you went to the website. And they made it so like in the very, very fine prints, there was a wording change that made it so that the exclusivity also required you to only make that kind of content on Twitch. Is this true? I, I don't know. So I made a video yesterday where I'm like, hey, I don't think I was ever exclusive to Twitch at all. But then I took down the video because I'm like, I don't know if that's 100% true. Long story short, whatever the case was in the past, whether people were actually restricted to only streaming on Twitch or whether the contract never said that, but enough people believed it that it may as well have been true and no one wanted to risk getting banned. Whatever the case is, now I can stream on YouTube. However, I can't multi-stream or simulcast, both words mean the same thing, to Twitch and YouTube at the same time. I can, however, do that to Instagram and TikTok, but that's less valuable to me. I don't really care much about that. The results of my first ever YouTube live stream. I had my first live stream on YouTube yesterday and I had 4,000 viewers when it first begun. I received 169 super chats, well over $1,000 and I had no plans. Like the, the content was just bad because I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I ended up just playing CSGO randomly. So I gained 166 subscribers. Yeah, that is definitely better than the amount of followers that I get on Twitch. Oh, 133, sorry, I gained 133 subscribers. So in terms of finding new people, this stream was more successful. Chat messages. This is one minute and there was 1400 messages. It was, it was, un I, I couldn't read it. And so my viewership just slowly declined as I didn't do anything important. I think it would make more sense to stream on YouTube. I've only ever been to one YouTube live stream and it was Jacksepticeye and the messages were painful to try and follow. There's something called Truffle that makes that more bearable. The base form of YouTube chat is just the worst experience that has ever been. There are no free emotes on YouTube, only normal emojis. Yes, there is like a full dozen things that Twitch is better at than YouTube. The only reason to move to YouTube is because it makes more business sense to do that. I would have more viewers, I'd reach more people, I would grow faster, and I'd make more money. Oh yeah, the, the YouTube has better visual quality. And I could also have my VODs there now. Will I even care about that though? People lose their Twitch subs to Matto, they would be useless. Well, I mean, you could still keep your Twitch sub. It's just it wouldn't have any value uh, on YouTube. Because I wouldn't be banned for moving over there like uh, some other people were, which caused everyone to lose their Twitch subs. But it's uh, it would certainly be easier if I could dual stream to both, but I can't. That's against the rules still. I am not going to bother Pongo to get 
chaos to work on YouTube. So I'd certainly still do that on Twitch. Currently, I can't be fucked going to the effort to change it all over. But as I say, I think it would make sense. Another test stream? Yeah, I, I might do another test stream where I do something of actual significance. Not sure what that will be. Am I leaving Twitch? I don't like Twitch. I think it's a shitty platform. Going by the way that Twitch talks about itself now, it doesn't even want to be a platform. It wants to offer a service. Twitch doesn't really care about its creators anymore. It's, it's very strange. I almost spent $3,000 on a hotel I couldn't use. So yesterday, chat, I booked myself a flight and hotel in Melbourne for PAX, of course. I googled what days is PAX Australia. And it comes back and it says, oh, 11th to 13th October. I'm like, oh yeah, knew it was in October, that's fine. So I book the stuff and I mention this to my managers and they're like, Matt, what do you mean? There's the wrong dates, it's from the 7th to the 9th. And so I had to panic, change everything. The hotel that I wanted to get was like two feet from PAX. Like I could have like gone out the door and there would be the thing, but it was booked out. I wanted to go to the 8 AC Hotel Melbourne South Bank. Looks beautiful, but then I tried to book it at the correct dates and it was sold out and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. So then I booked myself in the Grand Hyatt. It's also a luxury hotel, but it's like 15 minutes away. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's not good enough. Move the building closer to the destination. I've never been to a luxury hotel before. I think I've only ever stayed in like two hotels in the entirety of my life. And this will be the first time I've taken a vacation from work ever. I think I've only ever, ever taken breaks before when I was sick. And even when sick, I would still be editing. So, it's funny though, going down there, I guarantee you I'm just gonna be making content of some kind. I'll just like live stream myself every single day just walking around. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna be doing in Melbourne. I'm hoping that when I get there, I can just be like, chat, tell me what to do and we can just go places or something. But I've never done in real life streaming out in the public and stuff. And I think it'd be very awkward talking to a camera. Just holding it in front of me and shit. Just throw myself in the belly of the beast and see if I can do well. Do I ask everyone when I walk into place, like, excuse me, I am live streaming. Can I live stream in here? I don't know. Maybe I'll just like do whatever the fuck I want until someone says, you can't do that, sir. Stop it. We'll see what happens. It actually cost me $100 to change my flights because I didn't make them flexible. Like literally 15 minutes after booking them, I changed them. And they're like, oh no, that'll be $100 from you, sir. I'm sure I could have complained or something and got it back, but I hate it. Fuck it, it's my fault. But yeah, I'm going down there for a week. Staying in a luxury hotel for a week. And I uh, hope it's good. Unboxing my gold play button. I got something in the mail chat. You did it. One mission, one channel, and one more thing, one million subscribers. Congratulations. You may have started with just a few viewers, but your incredible voice, passion, creativity has now touched the lives of so many people around the world. And the community that you've built is immeasurably enriched by the stories that you've shared as you bring people together. To honor your incredible milestone, we are proud to present you with the Gold Creator Award. We hope that this special recognition will inspire you and remind you how much you mean to so many. We know this milestone is one of many that you've reached with others yet to come. You're part of a dynamic group of creators who are building the next generation of new media companies. Every day, you are redefining how content is created and watched, one voice and one video at a time. It is a great privilege to be a part of your journey. We can't wait to see what you do next. Yours sincerely, Susan Wojcicki, CEO of YouTube. That is, that is written really well. Like, I got, I got tingles. I had no idea this thing was so big compared to the silver play buttons. It's reflective too. Presented to Dark Fiber AU for passing 1 million subscribers. Lovely. 
I have so many things I want to hang on my walls, but I'm concerned about damaging my walls or hanging them up poorly and stuff, so I just haven't got around to it. So yeah, chat, thank you for being here with me for this journey, and I hope to keep making content you can enjoy. As I said, when I got a million subs in, the, in my video or whatever, you guys have enriched my, enriched my life immeasurably. And most importantly, made me feel valued as a person, which is something that I never had prior to being on YouTube. The Dark Viper AU voice pack. I was on Twitter and someone added me and said, Hey, I'm making a Dark Viper AU voice pack. I'm trying to suck my own dick. Hey! What is that? What is that? Idiota. Suffer. So it's just a bunch of random voice lines. I like I, yeah, I saw one of these videos before. This one I think. Funny made by Arthur Morgan. So yeah, if you're interested in a voice pack of a bunch of stuff that I've said for GTA 5, yeah, go check that out. Thank you, Puppy Master. I'm not sure that was your name on Twitter, but um thank you. Very flattering. I love at Dark Viper AU. This dude tweeted out I love Dark Viper AU. And I thought to myself, well, that's kind of weird, but like, I'll just like it. It'll probably make their day or something. I like making people's day, so I'm like, I liked it, okay? Since then, there's been dozens of these tweets. I like at Dark Viper AU. Yeah, I like this tweet as well. And some people are like, wait a second. If I just say Dark Viper AU is a good guy and at him, he will like the tweet. I love Dark Viper AU. Okay, I didn't like this one. I'm okay with Dark Viper AU. I like Dark Viper AU. No, I like Dark Viper AU. I appreciate Dark Viper AU. I adore Dark Viper AU. Uh, I admire Dark Viper AU. I cherish Dark Viper AU. I deeply admire Dark Viper AU. I dote on Dark Viper AU. Dark Viper AU, I adore Red Dead Redemption 2. I appreciate Dark Viper AU. Dark Viper AU adores me. I have an addiction to Dark Viper AU. I'm in love with Dark Viper AU. I worship Dark Viper AU. I immensely enjoy Dark Viper AU. And now it is more of them. I thoroughly enjoy Dark Viper AU. I enjoy Dark Viper AU. And it goes on. So what I'm going to say here now, guys. I'm going to stop liking these tweets. It was weird that I liked the first couple. I was just trying to make people happy. I'm not that, like, egotistical. I don't have that big of a head. I don't think people should love me or adore me or anything like that. I was just trying to be nice. Okay? I'm sorry for leading you on this way. Also, I think I've been saying happy birthday to too many people. Because too many people are asking me to wish them happy birthday. Might have to stop that as well. Too much of a good thing. Oh my god, I am so successful. Not really, though. I've moved from getting 500,000 views a day to getting 1.5 million views a day. And I'm just like, oh my god, that's such a huge increase. That's like, you know, my revenue is going to be three times higher than it normally is. But of course, that's not the case. It's all from shorts. This is when I released my first short on my main channel. Went, Pwah! I'm like, oh, that went pretty good. Let's see if we can do it again. Did another one. Pwah! Then I did another one down here, and it didn't do as well. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I can't always win with shorts, but I'm still going to continue with this. And then I just went, one a day. Bwah! With weird ones going well, like this one of me getting shot in the tank on no damage. I edited it in a funny way, but I thought it wouldn't be that good because it doesn't show the first time it happened. So there is a tiny weakness in tanks, for those unaware. Where this hatch is that I went inside, there is like a very thin line around this where bullets can actually penetrate. The odds of a bullet going through there is like a bajillion to one, but it did happen that time. Once more, chess. David versus Goliath. Me, of course, being David and the hillbillies being Goliath. I am just so weak here in my tank. 
but I will overcome. This motherfucker don't miss. No, he's fucking good. That motherfucker don't miss, man. He's good. But I will overcome adversity. Are you... I... Every time I talk shit, I die. It's funny, but I couldn't show the tank and the bullet in the same shot. Because if I zoomed out too much, you couldn't see it. Like, you could barely see it even fully zoomed in. I had to put, like, a red arrow and show it twice. I got $10 for a 2-chat. But this would be worth, like, thousands of dollars if it was just normal views. On one hand, it's like, yes, my shorts are doing well. On the other hand, it's like, if this was just normal content, I'd be making actual money. Like, I question whether I could have just made these into clips for this channel and whether they would have just done well as well. I doubt they would have, right? It's just on one hand, it's like, cool, I'm succeeding. But on the other hand, it's like, how much value am I really getting from this? Am I actually getting value for the time that I'm spending each day making these shorts? The question I have to ask, though, is why are these shorts so successful on my main channel? Never were successful on my shorts channel. Its entire lifetime, it's gotten 10 million views, like over the last year. On this channel, in like a month and a bit, 8 million views. On this channel, I had uploaded like a thousand shorts and they never got anywhere. There are two possible reasons for this. One, it's because they were released on my main channel rather than a separate channel. Now, the problem with this explanation is that YouTube themselves have come out and said, some people have succeeded putting shorts on their main channel. Some people have succeeded making a separate channel. We can't tell you exactly which one's best. That advice that was given earlier on in the shorts lifespan, it is, is clear that YouTube is still tinkering with the shorts algorithm. And so maybe it's changed. Maybe now main channel shorts are better than shorts on a separate channel. But what I think is probably more likely to be the case, or at least certainly a contributing factor, is all of these shorts on this channel were made by other people. As in, I just gave my clips that I made for my clips channel and I, I just gave them to other people and had them convert them to 9x16. So I didn't really change the footage to make it more appealing for shorts. It was just, hey, convert my clips. Even my clips channel, I never really focused on making new content out of the clips. I just focused on releasing as many clips as possible. These shorts are my first attempt at actually making new-ish content for the shorts platform. Like I put actual effort into this where I never put effort into the clips or the shorts. Like, I like to look at this success and say, giving a fuck matters. True, I could make some sort of compilation of these shorts. Yeah, maybe I could do like a once a month, do a compilation of all the shorts. The problem is I can't just quickly convert them into 16 by 9, because all the tracking, of which there is a fuck ton, is based on the 9 by 16. But I mean, I've put, I already put the facts and glitches ones, I mean the true new ones, into the facts and glitches series. Are shorts actually worth making if you don't have videos to take clips from? I can't tell you that. I don't know. All I've really gained from this is 10k subscribers, which isn't insignificant, but it's debatable how relevant subscribers are to begin with. And it could be the case that YouTube will find a way to monetize shorts in a good way. I don't know. Like, I am not convinced shorts are a good use of my time, but I'm not not convinced they are, you know? I just don't want to miss out on something. I can see how many views I get on my main channel videos and they have not increased at all. I'm still getting 400 to 500k views. So despite getting 8 million views in shorts, nothing's changed about the main videos on my channel.
be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.